on Coastal Community Church. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining with us today. Can you guys help me welcome everybody that's watching online and everybody at our Lighthouse Point location? Man, we love you guys. So glad you're you're joining with us today, and I'm excited. We're in uh, week number four of a series that we are calling Advanced. And, and really, if you haven't been here, I want to encourage you to go back and watch some of those services online. I think it's really, really important because I think that this is a word that God gave us, uh, not only for us individually, but for us corporately as a church. That like this is kind of the word for us this year that that we are to advance. And when I looked up the definition of that word, the Webster's Dictionary says it's to actually to move forward with purpose. And one of the things I've realized about life is that for a lot of people, there is a lot of movement. There is a lot of activity going on in life, but there isn't necessarily a lot of movement forward with purpose in life. And this really derived out of a passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter three, where the apostle Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus and he says, hey, listen, you know, not, not that I'm all that, not that I've arrived, not that I've achieved, but here's one thing I do. There's, if, there's, if, there's, if we're gonna have one focus this year, here's what it needs. And he says, I, I, I forget what's behind me and I press on, I push forward, I advance into the upward call that Christ Jesus has for us. And my goal for us is that this year that we'd advance into the the upward call that Jesus has for every single one of us this year, that we would not settle for what it's been like in the past couple of years. We would not settle for our past successes or our past failures, but that we would move forward into everything that God really wants for us to experience this year. And so I want to talk to you today about a thought. And, and I was always was thinking about the word advance. I don't know about you, but when I think about words like advance, I always get a picture in my mind of what what that looks like. Like I, I start thinking about advancing and in my mind, I, I'm seeing things. Anybody else with me? Like when you start thinking, you, you get some visual, you get some mental pictures. And, and, and if you don't, like you should, I'm just telling you, like when I think about things in my future, like when I think about a future vacation, I start visualizing some things. I start visualizing weather. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be some sunny weather, not too hot, but not too cold. You know what I'm saying? Like, like maybe there's gonna be some beaches on that. Maybe, maybe I'm going to visualize a golf course. I, I know that when I start thinking about vacation, one of the things I start thinking about right away is all the places that I'm going to eat. Like my wife and I, we're foodies. Anybody else? Like one of the things I can guarantee is going to happen that Shayla is visualizing. She starts researching all the best restaurants wherever we're going. In fact, if you were to ask us, what'd you do on vacation? Well, we woke up and we ate. And then we went and did this, and then we ate again. Then we went and we went shopping, and then you know what else we did? We ate, like because that like that's a good vacation right there. Come on, somebody. And so, so you start to see that, and, and and so the question I have for you today is: in your mind, when you think about advancing, what is the picture that you get? What is the mental image or imagery that comes to your mind? Like, do you have a vision? Do you have a mental picture of where you want to be at the end of 2023? 
Instead of just continuing to repeat the cycle and having every year look like the same year before, like 2023 is going to look exactly like 2022, and 2022 is going to look like 2021, and 2021 is going to look exactly like 2019 because nobody looked like 2020. Nobody saw that coming. Okay. (laughs) So what is that picture? And if I had to make a guess, that picture of what it probably doesn't look like It probably doesn't look like you moving forward, being held back in life by financial stress. And I wanna talk to you a little bit about that today. And I know some of you automatically are like, oh no, I'm shutting this down. He's talking about giving. Listen, I'm not talking about giving. I just wanna ease your mind right here. Like I'm not talking at all about giving. I'm talking about the financial stress that so many of us are walking around with And how do we live a life where that is not a burden on our life, but so that we can actually walk around free? Like, I'm going to talk to you about how you don't have to live under that kind of stress. And listen, I don't want anything from you. Just saying it up front. I don't want anything from you. I want everything for you. And I want you to experience all that God has for your life. And, and today what I want to do is I want to give you some, a new perspective. I want to give you maybe some fresh lenses for you to see and to look through. Because if you're like the average American right now, then a good portion of us are living un- under some sort of immense financial pressure right now. And here's what I know is that you cannot move forward into everything that God has for you if you're living with the noose of financial stress around your neck. In fact, as a matter of fact, the American Association of Psychological Association, the APA said this, the number one stress factor in people's lives right now is is financial stress. Forbes just recently came out with an article that said 44% of working adults could not handle a $400 emergency. That's bad. That same article said that, that while in 2020, people paid off debt, like credit card debt went to the lowest it's been in the last 50 years. But in the last two years, that 38% of people are living with credit card debt at $16,000 with a minimum of 16% interest. Another article said that 33% of people right now have zero saved for retirement. That the average American has 10,000 saved for retirement right now. And that most believe that it will cost them a million dollars to retire. Like we are in a terrifying place and no wonder so many of us are living under financial stress. No wonder financial stress is the number one cause of stress in marriages today. And listen to me, we need to get some help in this area. And I believe that God's word actually has a lot of practical advice for you and I and how we can live a stress-free financial life. And, And I want you to know that I don't believe that living under financial financial stress is God's will for your life. And listen to me, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a prosperity preacher. I'm not a name it and claim it. I'm not like you give a hundred, God's gonna give you a thousand. Like I don't believe in all that, but I also don't believe that he wants you living under the financial stress that so many of us are today. I actually believe that he wants you to live a blessed life and a blessed life, I don't know if that means you're driving a Mercedes or a Yugo. I just know it gets you from A to B. 
And so I want to talk to you about how do we actually live this way. And I don't, so we don't live under the stress because God doesn't want you under the stress. And I, as your pastor, don't want you living that way either. I want you to be free to do everything that God has called you to do. And so I was thinking about this this week. And over the past couple of weeks, as we've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting, which we just ended, praise the Lord, I can eat some food today. It's going to be great. Uh, it, it, as we were doing that, I, we were reading a lot. One of the things we fasted was, was TV. And so there was a lot of free time on our hands. So I, I've read, I, I've, I'm almost through my eighth book this, so far this month. Uh, and, and so like I'm reading a lot of books. And, and as I was reading one day, I was like, man, these words, they're just not as crisp and clear as they used to be. Anybody ever have that? You get into that age where you notice that like things are not quite as clear as they were. And, and so I, I said to Shayla, I said, man, I, I should probably go to the eye doctor. And so I went to my eye doctor and I found out I hadn't been to the eye doctor since like 2019. <laughs> it's been like four years. Uh, and, and I started realizing I'm not very good at going to the doctor because when they said, who is your primary health care person? I said, whatever the urgent care that's open is closest to me, you know? <laughs> So if you're a primary care doctor, email me. You might become mine, okay? Uh, so but, so, uh, so I, I went in there, and, and if you don't know this, I, I wear contacts, I wear glasses, and, and, uh, and, and so what, what, I've, what I've noticed in life is when, when I would put these glasses on, it's like all of a sudden I become Clark Kent, you know? It's like <laughs> everything becomes so much clearer. Like, oh, there's words on the screen back there. Oh, there's a timer. Oh, wow, I didn't, I've never noticed that before. And, like... <laughs> You know, but, but here's the deal. Like when I went in on Tuesday at three o'clock, like I, I just was like, man, these are the best thing in the world that I have. And then I, I got in there with my doctor and he put that thing up there and he goes, is this good or is this better? You know, you know, click, 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 click. We're clicking back and forth. And I'm like, well, that's way better. Yeah, that, that, that's even better than that was. And he's like, hey, I, I just want to let you know your prescriptions changed like a lot. <laughs> I was like, but these seem so good when I put them on, you know, it's like, I just, I felt like I was so much better, but you're telling me that these aren't very good. And, and what I started to realize is that slowly and subtly, without noticing over the last four years that my vision has decreased and I've been able to see less and less and less. But because I've been wearing these so long, because it was incremental, I didn't really notice how bad it had gotten. And I think that when it comes to our resources and when it comes to our finances and how we manage them, slowly and incrementally, we get fine with pressure Slowly and incrementally, we get fine with more debt. Slowly and incrementally, we get fine without having any savings. Slowly and incrementally, we begin to believe that the, the lies that we tell ourselves that, that someday I'll take care of that. When, when the kids get out of school or when they finish college, then I'll get to those things and some of you are already thinking, well, Pastor, you don't understand my situation. You don't, you don't know what I'm going through right now. And you're right, I don't. But today, maybe just maybe, I, I wanna give you some, a new prescription. I wanna give you some, some, some new 
lenses to see through that, that would adjust your life no matter where you are, whether you're sitting in here and you're the wealthiest person sitting in this room or whether you're in here and you're struggling mightily. I believe that there are some lenses that we can have that would challenge all of us. And, and I'm a person that, that I, I love margin in life. I, I love having no debt in life. Like those are big things to me. And this is challenging me as well. And, and, and it's making me ask, do, do I need new lenses? Do I need to adjust a little bit? And here's the reason why. It's because I wanna be free to do everything that God has called me to do. And for many of us in here today, if God were to call you to do something, many of us, our answer would be no, because we're burdened with financial stress that will keep us from moving forward into what God has for us. And so we've got we've, we've to deal with the issue in life. And, and, and so are you guys with me? Okay, good, good. I, I know sometimes when we talk about money, people get uptight, okay? So, so, so don't do that. Jesus talked a lot about money. He talked about it more than heaven and hell, so it's good. So I, so I wanna talk to you about a passage out of Luke chapter 12, and I wanna give you some principles from this passage because here's the deal. If you're taking notes today, you need to write this down. If you don't live by principles, you will live by pressure. And if you live by pressure, you will make wrong decisions. Like we have got to live principled, centered lives. And this doesn't just apply to your finances. This applies to every area of your life. Every student that's out there, if you live with a principle that purity is a value, when he or she pressures you on that day, you'll know what to do because you live by a principle and not pressure. Every parent should say amen right there. So we gotta get principles in our lives that we establish and go, you know what? I'm not gonna live by pressure. I'm gonna live by the principles of God's word. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 13, it says, Jesus is telling this story. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. This is most likely the younger brother because the older brother would have received the inheritance. He would have given out a portion of the younger brother. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. That's an important statement right there. And then he told this parable, the ground, as another important statement right there, of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. An important statement as well. And there I will store my surplus grain and I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you and you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be for those who store up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Okay, I wanna pull out three principles for you and then at the end, I'm gonna give you three handles that you can go and apply to your life right away today. So the first thing that I want you to see today, what I, the lens that I want you to get is I, get, I want you to see with proper scales. I want you to see with proper scales. I'm not talking about fish scales. I'm talking about scales. Like what is, where is the weight in your life? And here's how the scale that you need to understand is that God doesn't measure success the way that you and I measure success. 
Like his measurement tool is not the same as how we measure success. And I don't think we'll ever get our money management right. And when we say money management, the Bible actually refers to that as stewardship. And what stewardship is, is is somebody that's managing something that is not theirs because what you're doing is you're managing all the gifts and talents that God gave you. Everything you have is a gift from God. You're like, you didn't come into this earth with anything so that I idea in the Bible is stewardship. In other words, you are the CEO. You are the steward of your life. Like you are the CEO of you, Inc. If you didn't know that, you are, okay? Like you are in charge of you. You are ridiculously in charge of your life. If you haven't figured that out, this is gonna, that right there, that is worth the price of admission here today. It's nobody else's fault. It's you. That's on you. And you'll never get stewardship if you don't get this. God doesn't measure success the way we measure success. Let me say it this way. You are more than what you make. It's where a lot of us derive our value. And the reason why so many of us are in that percentage of people that are $16,000 in credit card debt and the reason you have a car payment that is stressing you out and the reason that you go to the gas pump and you can only pump half a tank, hello, inflation, it's because we're stressed out and our margin is getting even, even lower. The reason is, is because we have improper scales in our life. We think our value is found in what we hold. And so you need to understand that your value is not found in the size of your bank account. Your value is not found in what kind of house you live in. And listen, I'm not against the house. In fact, I think you should have a nice house if you can afford it and you can have savings and margin. Have the nice house. The Bible says that God gives us things for our enjoyment. Enjoy those things. But that should never be where your value comes from in life because if your value comes from things, then you will make pressure decisions instead of principle decisions. Like, like if the clothes that you wear and the shoes that you have and the emblem on your car matter that much to you, if that's where you find your value, like, like, like if you were to have to trade down your car today, would you feel less about yourself? And if you would, it says that there is a problem in here that needs to be addressed. And the thing is, is that if we have our value found in things, we'll strive for more and more and more and we'll make pressure decisions, not principle decisions. And you'll take on debt that you don't need to impress people that you don't know and honestly don't even like. Like you'll take out a credit card and you'll just swipe it. Why? Because we live in a comparison culture and you saw them in that picture on that vacation. And so you think to yourself, well, I need to go on that vacation. And you go and you charge it and you've been paying on it for years. Oh, can I get all up and in your business? Or you're waiting right now for your tax return to pay for last year's vacation. Oh, preach at them, TJ. You're giving them something good. And then you're praying to God, give me a raise. (laughs) Listen, more doesn't make you better. It makes you more of what you already are. 
so if you're greedy, why would God want to make you more greedy? If you're already finding your value and worth in money, why would God want to give you more money so you find your more value and more worth in it? And until we get some proper scales in our heart and go, no, 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 no. My value isn't found in the fact that I live in that house. My value is found in the fact that I'm a child of the God. My value is found in the fact of I am who he says I am. That, that I am a son, that I am a daughter, that I'm a royal priest, I'm a chosen people. Paul said, listen, I've, I've had a lot and I've had a little. I've been rich and I've been poor. poor. But in the middle of all that, I, I, I've figured out a way to be content. And I'm content not because of what's in the parking lot or what neighborhood I live in or what club I'm a member at. But my contentment, he says, is that I'm loved by God. That I'm chosen by God. That I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing available. And if we're going to find the right value, we have to find the right scales. Because if you don't, you'll be chasing the dollar. And here's what you'll find. You can never catch enough of it. And some of us, we've had the wrong scales and we've been finding our value and stuff. And listen, you need to understand you are way more valuable than what you own. Like, let that sink in. You are more valuable to your heavenly father than what you possess. Here's what I found. The more value I find in my relationship with God, the more God has a tendency to put stuff in my hand. King Solomon, the, the wisest man who ever lived and the wealthiest man that ever lived. I mean, wealthy by a large margin. In fact, I, I did some research and J.D. Rockefeller, the oil tycoon who's, who is considered the wealthiest modern man in the last 150 years, they said if they were to put his wealth in today's terms, it would be worth $663 billion dollars. How many of y'all know that that's a lot of money? That, that like trumps everybody here. Like Elon doesn't hold a candle to him, okay? Like King Solomon in today's estimate is $2.1 trillion. This is what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter two. He says, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. Well, pastor, I'd like to have a meaningless BMW. Of course you would. I, I, I. <laughs> Listen, Solomon's not saying he didn't like what he had. Like what he's saying is that in the core of his soul, it didn't do for him what he thought it would do. And most of us, what we're living here on this earth for is we're living for the next, the next promotion, the next house, the next raise, the next car, the next, the next, the next. And we're always looking at what's next and we're never being content with what's now, he goes on to say, a chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Was he saying he didn't have a lot? No, $2.1 trillion. He's saying nothing is gained. Know what he's saying? He's saying there's more to be had than stuff. And listen to me, I'm not saying it's bad to have stuff. 
What I'm saying is that the stuff won't do on the inside of you what you think it will. That's why Jesus in the parable said, a man's life is more than his possessions. So we gotta have proper scales. Next thing we need to have is we need to have proper perspective. And here's the perspective that we need to have. We need to have the perspective that God is our source. And this is huge. This is massive. If you get this, this is better than any stock tip you've ever gotten. This is better than the S&P 500 going up. It will change how you steward your financial resources. You have to understand that God is your source. And I get it. It's a faith step. It's a trust issue. And I know some of you are like, oh, well, but Pastor Gia, you don't understand. I'm the one that went to school. I'm the one that did the work. I'm the one that stayed up late studying. I'm the one that got the job. I'm the one that put in the hours at work. I was there every at the break of dawn till the midnight oil was burning. I did all that. And here's what I would say to you. And here's what I would question is, is who put that breath in your lungs? Who gave you that brain that allowed you to go to that school? Who gave you the stability and the energy to be able to move forward in that career? Like who did all that? And so my question for you is who did that? It's God. Like he is the source of everything. And in the parable, it says the, the farmer planted the seed in the ground. And notice this, who produced the crop? The farmer didn't produce the crop. The ground produced the crop. Who owns the ground? God. Like, in other words, God is the source of every blessing that we have in our life. God is your source and you didn't do it for yourself. This is where this guy went wrong is he thought, well, I did all this. I accomplished all this. And the God said, no, tonight your, light will be, your life will be taken because of that, because you put yourself in God's place instead of understanding that God is your source, not yourself. Like God is the one who made the dirt and who created the water and, and gave the seed. He's like, I produced all of that. Now hear me clearly. Did the farmer have to plant the seeds? Yes. yes. Did he have to wake up early? Absolutely. Like, did he have to go out and bring irrigation to the land? Yes. Did he have to go out and harvest the crop? Yes. Did he, did he have to go and tear down barns and build new barns? Yes. Not a bad move at all. So what does that mean? Do you have to return the phone call? Yes. Do you, have, do you have to show up at work on time and work the full eight hours? Yes. Like, do you need to write that contract on that deal? Yes. But it is God who will give you the increase in your work. When you put your natural into it, God comes and brings his super to it. And all of a sudden you get supernatural increase in your life when you brew your part and you allow God to do his part and you realize that he is your source. It will change everything in how you look. It will change the spreadsheet in your budget. It will change how you look at your employer. It will change how you look at your employees. It will change how, how you go and see your company if you you go, God is my source. It isn't a rude thing or an arrogant thing. Like, like, no, this school doesn't pay me. God pays me. I know the check says it comes from Broward County, but God is my source. Like they're just the conduit of that source. So if God is my source, I want to operate in a way that honors God. And I'm telling you, this will change Everything. Deuteronomy chapter eight says, you may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So this confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. 
saying it's God who gives you the ability. And if you get that in your mind, it will change so much in your heart. Because financial management is not a dollar issue. It's a heart issue. And we'll stop making pressure decisions and we'll start making principle decisions if we stop weighing the scales the way that the world does and finding our worth in the things that we possess and, but finding our contentment and our value in who God says we are. And if we get the proper perspective to see that everything that we have came from God and then thirdly, here's what we need to do is we need to have some proper management. And here's the question that I have for you today is, is do you have a plan? And I know for most of you, this may not sound very spiritual, but this may be the most spiritual thing in this entire message. Like, because for some of you, there is way more month than there is money. Some of you, when it hits the 20th, you're like, oh, snap, I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's gonna be ramen and water for the rest of the month. In fact, I can't even pay my electric bill. It's gonna be cold water and ramen. So let me ask you a question. Would you trust an investor with your money if they didn't have a plan for how they were gonna invest your money? If you don't know the answer to that question, it should be no. Lighthouse point, I'm just giving you open book, no. So, so let me ask this question. If God is your source and he is looking for an investment should he entrust more to you if there is no plan? Like we need to sit with that. Proverbs 21, 20 says, the wise, it's the goal for all of us, store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. The wise store up, the wise save, the wise have some margin. So I wanna give you three handles moving forward today because I know I, 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 I just wanna help you. And I know some of you were thinking, well, Pastor DJ, I was gonna go to Deja Blue right after church and put it on the visa, but I think I gotta go home and, and check some things out now. But listen, I'm, I'm just here to help. I wanna give you three handles really quick today in these last few minutes. Number one, here's what we need to do. We need to begin to face the facts. We have got to face the facts, and this may be the hardest thing to do when you go home, is face the facts of where you truly are. And for some of you, it, 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 when you go home and you do this, it's gonna depress you, don't let it depress you. And I know some of you don't wanna face the facts. When you get that credit card statement in the mail, you just tear it up and throw it in the, in the trash and you go, I rebuke you, Satan. You know, it's like. I know that sounds spiritual, but it does not solve the credit card problem, right? Like at some point, we have to face the facts. And here's what we have to do. Psalm 51, five and six. I've been out of step with you for a long time and the wrong since before I was born. What you're after, and this is what God is after, is truth from the inside out. We gotta get truthful, not just with our circumstances, but with ourselves. It's a hard issue. So we gotta face it. And you have to take out all the credit cards and the mortgage and the insurance and do all that stuff and, and I know it's gonna be hard and here's what the enemy's gonna wanna do. He's gonna wanna come and dump shame on you. He's gonna wanna come and dump a whole bunch of guilt on you and here's what I want you to do. It is what it is. 
You are where you are. It's a new day. The past is the past, and we are forgetting what is behind, and we are pressing forward. Like, we're moving forward with the facts, but we're moving forward into everything that God has for us this year. Number two, we've got to create a plan. Create a plan. Go home and create a plan. Go home and create a plan. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Go home, make a plan, and commit it to God. Say, God, I'm going to make a commitment that that I'm going to get a plan, and I'm going to work the plan, and it's going to be hard. You are going to have to say no to some things. Like, you're going to have to cut some luxuries that are not necessities. Like you're gonna have to, for some of you, you're gonna have some breakups. Like some of y'all need to break up with Starbucks. <laughs> and just go like, like, I'm sorry we can't be in a relationship anymore because you're costing me 150 to 200 bucks a month. Uber Eats, you can go to the restaurant. Actually, you can, you can go to the store and cook it yourself. But there are some things that we have to do. We have to make a plan. And listen, I don't want you to do this on your own. It's one of the reasons we tell you all the time, we wanna help you. And I think one of the greatest things we have, we're in cadet group sign-up season right now. And, and one of the things that I would encourage, man, if you're struggling out there, please sign up for Financial Peace University. It is a game changer. And it'll help you create a plan and make a plan and do it with some other people and have some accountability in life so that you can actually more f- move forward. I've seen people get themselves out of 30, 40, $50,000 in credit card debt in a matter of six to 12 weeks by doing some things and working a plan and changing their mentality and getting a right perspective so they can see God move in every single way. And it's incredible. And here's the deal. We want you to be free. So don't miss your opportunity to take some keys and unlock the chains. And then number three, here's what we want you to do. We want you to start today. Start today. It's not a coincidence that I preach this message at the end of the month. Like there's some strategery here every once in a while. Me and George Bush, we got it going on. But Wednesday starts a new month. And here's what I know is people love new beginnings. They like starting on the beginning of a month. Well, what does that mean? That means it gives you a couple days to face the facts and start to put in a plan so that you can dive right into this. So you don't have to live stressed where a $400 expense will break you. You won't have to live under the weight of the credit card bills and the debt but you can actually live free to do everything that God wants you to do in your life. This is the reason why we talk about this. It isn't so you can have margin and savings while we want you to have that. We want you to be able to say yes to whatever God has for your life. It's the most important thing. James 1.22 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, he says, don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer. Do it today, not tomorrow, but doing it, they will be, what's that word? Come on. They'll be blessed in what they do. And that's what I want for you. I want you to be blessed. I didn't say rich. 
I said, blessed. Because I don't think God wants everybody to be a millionaire, but no doubt without a single doubt in my mind, I believe that he wants every single one of us to be blessed. I believe in a blessed life and that there is a pathway to living a blessed life, but it's not just being a hearer of God's word, but it's actually being a doer of God's word. It's gonna take some discipline. It's gonna take some faith to say, God, I'm gonna do it your way. It's gonna take some courage. It's gonna take some grit. It's gonna take some consistency, but little by little, maybe it'll take you three weeks or three months or three years. Listen, we're, we're playing a long-term game here. We're not, this is an instantaneous solve my problem society. You didn't take three weeks to get into that problem. Might take you a little bit longer to get out. But God wants you free. And listen, when you do this, it has a rippling effect on your life. Don't you want less stress? Don't you want less tension at home? Don't you wish you could say yes a whole lot more than what you have to say no to today? You can, you can get there. So maybe today you need a new prescription. Maybe you, you say to yourself, I need an adjustment in how I'm seeing and perceiving things. And how we're gonna do that is we're gonna face the facts. We're gonna create a plan and we're gonna start today. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you that you're a God that has always been willing to dive right in the middle of our mess that you've never been afraid of, of whatever we've created for ourselves or the trouble we've gotten ourselves in or the, the shackles we've put ourselves in. And God, I thank you that you're a God that loves to be a chain breaker and a freedom maker and a restorer of things. And I pray right now that today as, as we hear your word, that we wouldn't just be hearers of it, but we'd be doers of it that we would go home and we start to get a proper perspective, that we start to weigh the scales in our life and that we would start to get, get some perspective of, man, all of this is God's. He's the source and I need to be a great steward of this, which means that I need to have a plan. And so I'm not gonna wait for another day, but I'm gonna start today and I'm gonna move forward and I'm gonna experience all that you have for me. But God, I also know that there's some people out there that maybe you have a hard time listening to this today and you're having a hard time doing money God's way because you've never made the first decision which is the best decision you could ever make which is to put God first in your life it's hard to trust God's money ways if you've never trusted him with your soul maybe you've never experienced his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and I think I would be doing a disservice if I didn't provide you that opportunity today I'm not talking about rules or religion. I'm talking about the incredible gift that God gave because of his love for you. His one and only son, Jesus Christ, who came and lived a perfect life, the life that you and I could not attain and died a sinner's death, the death that you and I deserved. Rising three days later, defeating death, hell, and the grave so that we could experience life. And life more abundantly. And maybe you're not experiencing that abundant life and you need to experience it for the first time or the first time in a long time. With every head bowed and every eye closed, it begins with a simple yet significant prayer of surrender. If that's you, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, one, two, three, go ahead and slip those hands up. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Who else? Yes, I see you back there. Three. Thank you. Anybody else? Don't miss your moment. God, we come before you and we thank you that you are a redeemer, that you are a restorer, that you are a savior, that you are a hope. 
God, I pray right now that the people that just raise their hands, God, that right now, that you would come into their life and that you would take over, that they surrender their will and they surrender their way. God, we ask you to forgive us of our past, change our present, and secure our future. Not just be our Savior, but be our Lord. Help to lead God and direct us all the days of our life. Fill us with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness and your goodness and your mercy. Help us to follow you every day. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Everybody said, amen.